Hello, church. Thank you so much for taking time to connect with us today. Good morning to everybody at our Creston campus. It's great to be with you. Good morning to everyone who is back watching at St. Greg's. If you have a Bible, grab it, open it, turn it on, follow along on screen or in your outline, or use the Central Church app. Um, Acts chapter 8 is where we are going today. Uh, we're in week number 5 of our series called all aboard. Um, next week, we will be finishing this series up. Um, but in this series, we've been trying to remind you and challenge you and understand uh, that the gospel costs nothing, but it demands everything. And it really demands that we get on board with God's plans for our lives and we leave our plans behind. A uh, really quick review. Week number one, we talked about not being alone in the fire. We talked about being and having onboard people. Week number two, we talked about worshiping God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And we talked about worship being a lifestyle, not just a moment that we come into church. And it's not just singing. It's, a, it's an entire lifestyle. Um, week number three, we talked about where's an area where we need God to move most. And we talked about surrendering that area of our lives and watching God do amazing things. Last week, we talked about brokenness. And we talked about brokenness leading to blessing. And we challenged you to begin to pray, God, take me and bless me and break me and give me more of you. God, take me and bless me and break me. And give me more of you. And I don't know if you've done that, but I would encourage you to continue to, to work through that over the next several weeks. Um, let, me, let me set today up like this. A few weeks ago, um, somebody showed me this picture. And, um, and they asked me, they said, isn't that, isn't that really cool, Pastor? Now, I'll admit, I don't, I don't know the entire intent of this picture. I briefly kind of looked through Wikipedia about it. Like, I, I couldn't tell you the artist. I don't, I don't know anything except for me. Um, what it does, and no, I don't, I don't think it's cool, by the way. Um, but it, it, it shows that many times what people think the journey with God is. See, for years and years and years, and a matter of fact, when I was in Bible college, I kind of, I kind of learned this mentality. It was kind of not really taught, but, but surfacely it was there is that Christianity, especially in America, is about climbing a ladder. Like you, you climb the moral ladder and eventually you, you like just achieve or you feel morally superior over other people. And it's kind of the same thing with Christianity. I just climb this spirituality ladder and, and the further up I get, the more spiritually mature, the more spiritually superior I am over other people. And so for instance, if you're like four steps up on the ladder, you can look down at people who are one, two steps below you and you can kind of judge them a little bit. And then some people climb the ladder and they get not completely off or they're getting pulled hold off and they never get back on. And, 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 and it just comes, this picture kind of symbolizes what we kind of think or we feel. But when we read the gospels, especially the story of Jesus, Jesus wasn't about that. Listen to me. If anybody on the planet had the right to look down on anyone, Jesus had that right, but, but he didn't. And so Christianity has to be more about more than just climbing a ladder, right? And it is. Christianity is actually not about climbing a ladder, but about taking steps. All we have to do, and it's really, really, really simple. All we have to do in our walk with Jesus is take our next step and then take our next step. 
and then take our next step. Like, that's what Christianity is. It's simply a series of next steps. Now, here's what's awesome. If I take my next step, and you take your 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 next step, and we're taking next steps together, that's called a movement. And a movement changes a community. A movement changes the world. And it changes it not through a protest or a boycott, but by simply, and I'll talk about this later in the message, but by simply people being willing to take their next steps. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, in order to set this up, I need to start out by reading a passage of scripture, passage of scripture Sorry, uh, that's going to make everybody no matter where you're sitting, a, a little bit uncomfortable. I want to go ahead and acknowledge it's uncomfortable. In fact, the more of a church background you have, the more uncomfortable you're probably going to be. Um, these are not t-shirt or coffee mug verses, all right? But they're in the Bible. Now, I know some of you are going to fact check me, and you, you're going to be like, Frank, I don't think that's in the Bible. Look it up, all right? I, I, I know I, I, it's, it's there. Um, I know I told you Acts chapter 8, but we're going to have to go here first, all right? Leviticus. In Leviticus, they're talking about people um, that are kind of qualified, if you will, uh, to come into the presence of God. All right, and so this is what it says in Luke chapter or Leviticus twenty-one, starting in verse eighteen. No one who has a defect qualifies. Which I'm just going to go ahead and say that's pretty much all of us. Just just throwing that out there. No one who has a defect qualifies, whether he is blind or lame. Which which by the way, Jesus hung out with blind, lame people all the time. The cool thing was, after he hung out with them, they weren't blind or lame anymore. Super cool. Anyway, blind, lame, disfigured, deformed, or has a broken foot or arm, or is hunchbacked or dwarfed, or has a defective eye, or skin sores, or scabs, or damaged testicles. I know some of you are sitting around thinking, do you just sit around and look for awkward Bible verses. Um, no, 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 I, I don't. Um, this is really is in the Bible. Um, in fact, they have a word for people like this. Um, many times they would call them eunuchs. Everybody say eunuchs. All right, we're going to talk about that word a lot because um, we're going to dive into this story. Um, so we're going to pick up Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8. Um, in Acts chapter 6, I'm kind of back up a little bit, there's a guy named Philip. Philip was one of the very first deacons in the church. He's doing an incredible job at following Jesus. And he goes to Samaria in Acts chapter 8, and he, he preaches, and this revival breaks out, and it's, it's awesome. So, so Philip is, is kind of on the, the front and center spokespeople for, for this thing. And it's just absolutely amazing what he's doing. And God shows up, and he does something in Philip's life that on the surface is unusual. Check this out. Acts chapter 8, we're starting verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now to me, this is, this is fascinating because he's doing all of this stuff. He's, he's doing all of this great work and, and he gets to a point and he says, God, what do you want for my life? Go south. What? Go south. Where? where, where? Just go down the desert road. What's happening here is Philip knows the Lord. He's, he's walking with Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, I want you to leave where you're at. I want you to pick up. I want you to go down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, if I'm Philip, I've got a couple of questions. All right, God, um, creator of the universe, sir. First of all, that's a long trip. 
and, and geographically, it was. It was, a, it was an incredibly long trip. But secondly, why? Why do you want me to go? What do you want me to, what do you want me to do when I, when I get there? Don't miss this. Sometimes we can miss out on God's steps because we want an explanation. Sometimes we can miss out on the steps God wants us to take because we want an explanation. All right, God, you want me to do what? That's what you want me to do, God? Why do I need to do that? God, why do I need to go there? God, how many people are going to be involved? The detailed people are asking these types of questions. Any, any detailed people any, anywhere? Any, I love detailed people. I need detailed people in my life because they keep me organized. Um, but at the end of the day, many times God will tell us our next step and, and we're, we're scared to take it. Um, and, and listen, if we truly believed in the sovereignty of God, why in the world would we be scared to take it? Why? Well, it's very simple. Because we want to know the entire plan. But remember, we have said every single week in this series, Isaiah 55 says his plans are higher than our plans. And his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Listen, I believe... I believe if God had told Philip exactly what he wanted him to do and where he wanted him to actually go, Philip might not have gone. And so at the end of the day, when God tells us to take a next step, sometimes we miss it. Not because it's complicated, but because we complicate matters by asking too many questions. Rather than simply when God says, I want you to take your next step, just say, okay, we, we ask, why? Taking the next step. Taking the next step can be anything. It could be asking for help. It could be confessing a sin. It could be admitting that you have a problem. It can be something that on the surface is very, very simple. But sometimes we make it very, very complicated. He told Philip, yeah, just, just go down the road. Now, here's what's crazy. Verse 27. So he started out, which, which is the toughest part sometimes of doing anything, is starting out, yes or no. Yeah, whether it's going on a run or you're lifting weights or just getting out of bed. Once you're out of bed, you're okay. But like getting out of bed is a difficult thing sometimes. Anybody? Anyone want to say yes to that? Sometimes starting out is, is difficult. That, that taking that first step is really tough. And so the Bible says Philip started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. Now let's talk about this for a second because that's a problem. It's a problem because the treasurer of Ethiopia was a Gentile. And Jews looked down on Gentiles because Gentiles were those people. We, we talk about those people a lot. We talk about how we shouldn't be putting people in categories, but we find ourselves continually putting people in categories and they become those people. Well, those people, to Philip, couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't have their, their sins prayed for. They couldn't be forgiven. They couldn't be made right with God. They were Gentiles. They were those people. And so if God would have told Philip, hey, I want you to go talk to a Gentile, Philip might have tried to talk his way out of it. But, but he gets there. He gets to where God wants him to go. He's taking a step. He's following God. And he gets to a place where there's a Gentile. But that's not the only issue. Let's keep reading. He met the treasure of Ethiopia, a what? A eunuch. Do you all remember Leviticus? Need me go back and read that? No? Okay. All right, good. Um, this guy, this, this guy, first of all, he's a Gentile. But not only that, he's a Gentile that is a eunuch. 
Talk about somebody as far away from God as you could imagine. It's this dude. And so what we've got going on here is we've got Philip the deacon. Then we've got, we don't know his name. Let's call him Elmer. All right, let's call him Elmer the eunuch. All right, so you got Philip the deacon and Elmer the eunuch. They're, they're as far from each other on the surface as possible. And, and, and here's, here's to me what is fascinating. This dude that's as far away from God as humanly possible on the surface crosses paths with Philip. And, and watch what happens. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, which was crazy. Um, verse 28, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. He's taking his next step. That's what this is right here. He's taking his next step. Isn't it crazy how God can reach people that seem to be so far away? Like Ethiopia is a long way away from Jerusalem. And and, and listen, here's the point that I'm, I'm trying hard to kind of get together and try to make. It doesn't matter how far you feel from God today. God can reach you exactly where you are. Because here's an Ethiopian eunuch as far away from God as possible. Here you've got Philip, the deacon, as close to Jesus as possible, and they come together in the same place. I think that's beautiful. I think that's what the church should be. I think the church should be a place where people that are incredibly spiritually mature and people who aren't quite sure about the whole Jesus thing can come together and we can all take our next step. And in fact, that's that's the point I really want to hammer down today is that everyone has a next step. Everyone has a next step. Everyone has a next step. So what is yours? Everyone has a next step, so what is your next step? Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, everybody at Creston, everybody at St. Greg's, everybody has a next step. What is your next step? What is it? Now, if you leave here today and you turn to somebody and you say, I sure do wish Sally would have been here to hear that message. You missed it. Message wasn't for Sally. Message was for you. Your next step. What is your next step. What is, what is your next step? Like, really, what is it? See, we know our church is going to take its next step, and it may be difficult, but we're going to take it. We're actually currently taking it. But, but I said this before, um, and, and I want you to hear it again. It would be a tragedy for the church to take that step and us as individuals not take our next step, because this is what I believe. If all of us as individuals take our next step, we will get exactly where God wants us to go. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't want our building to just get bigger. I want for us to grow cl- closer in our relationship with Jesus. And I don't think you have to sacrifice one for the other. And so what is it? What is, what is your next step? What is it? What is your, everybody has a next step. So what is your next step? And see, the story continues on. It gets kind of awkward because Philip is there, and the Ethiopian eunuch is there, and they're reading the Bible. And then in verse 29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along besides the carriage. Excuse me? What you want me to do? I want you to go walk alongside the carriage. Why? That's, that's weird, right? Like, how weird would that be? Listen, if you're just walking along in Hy-Vee today or Walmart or wherever you happen to do your grocery shopping, and somebody came up and just started walking beside you, they didn't say a word, 
just walking beside you. Don't, don't do this to anybody, but if you do, video it and tag me in it because I want to watch it. But that would be weird, yes or no? Yeah, if you're just walking, somebody's just walking next to you, they're just looking at you, like they're not saying anything, they're just walking alongside. Because if I'm Philip, I'm like, okay, God, like, first of all, you, you got me on this road. It's a little weird because I'm just standing here. I don't know what to do, but I'm following you because I'm all aboard with you, and, and this is weird. But, but now you want me to just walk up alongside of this carriage? Yeah, Philip, that's what I want you to do. God, I, I don't understand. Once again, sometimes the next step, We don't understand it. We don't understand why God wants us to take the next step. But at the end of the day, we know his plans are greater than our plans for us, right? And and, and remember, I said this this two weeks ago, and I told you I'd say it again in this message. Jesus will always tell us our next step. He'll always tell us our next step. However, he's not going to tell us two, three, four, five, six steps down the road, because if he did... We might not do it. And so if he's asking us to take a next step, just one single step, we need to take it, even when we don't understand it. Philip, go walk alongside the carriage. Okay, all right. And and then watch this, verse 30. Philip ran, I guess he got a little bit excited about what God wanted them to do. That's what we should probably do. Um, (laughs) Philip ran over and heard the man, Elmer the eunuch, Heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Now, now this right here is fascinating because it brought two people who were nothing alike together. It brought Philip the deacon and the Ethiopian eunuch together. And that's what Jesus is all about, bringing people together. One of the things that I love about the people at Central is that there are people that walk in and sit in this room or sit at Creston who who are nothing like each other. In fact, outside of these rooms, you might not even like each other. But the thing that brings us together is this man named Jesus. That's why we can sit in a room, Republican or Democrat, black or white, doesn't matter. Jesus brings us together. And at the end of the day, when we walk in these doors, when we walk in the doors of Central, I I want us to know that we might not agree on everything politically, relationally, but the one thing that we can agree on is there's a man named Jesus. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's where we find our identity. Amen? Now, see, when I, when I was reading this, I was like, you know, that's so awesome that Jesus brings two people together that are nothing alike. That's awesome. Like, that, that's what the church should be. But, but look at this again. He asked a question. He said, do you understand what you are reading? This is Philip asking the eunuch. Do you understand what you are reading? And, and that question, it's, it's not really deep. It's not super spiritual. It's just a question. And I started thinking as I was putting this message together, I, I really focused on this idea of, of the question. And I started, I started thinking, if God were to ask us questions, what kind of questions would he ask? And then I started thinking more into the realm of me as your pastor. If I could ask you questions, if we were sitting down having lunch together, what kind of questions would I ask everyone who's, who's attending Central or, or visiting Central or just checking it out? I, w- I would ask questions like this. Do you know that God's grace covers you? Do, do you know that? Do you know that God's grace covers you? Do you know that you are covered? Do you know that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, do you know his blood paid for your sins? Do you know that? 
See, I, I don't know if you're like me or not, but I don't have a hard time believing that God's grace covers you. I have a hard time believing God's grace covers me because I know what I've done. And I know what I thought about doing. And, and, and that's the reason some of you have a hard time believing that God's grace covers you. But at the end of the day, the blood of Jesus was enough to pay for all of our sins. God's grace covers you. You might not feel it, but sometimes when, when we can't feel it, we just got to know that it's true. God's grace covers all of us. Here's another one. Did you know you're not a screw up? Do you know that? Do you know you're not a screw up? Trust me, nobody in this room wrestles with this one as much as I do. Talk about feeling like a screw up. I felt like that more times than not. And, and I know that there are people in this room, in Creston, at St. Greg's, that you feel like you're a screw up. And, and maybe you feel like that because you had a parent tell you that. Maybe somebody who used to be a friend told you that. Maybe you heard that somewhere. But at the end of the day, I want you to listen to me. God doesn't make mistakes. And God made you. Therefore, you're not a mistake and you're not a screw up. He still has a plan for your life. He still has a plan for my life. He still has a plan for our lives. Last but not least, did you know that God still believes in you? He does. You might not believe in God. You might be wrestling with this whole God thing. I'm not really sure. But do you know God believes in you? You know how I know God believes in you? Because you're here and you're breathing that means God still has a plan for your life. We say it all the time around here, and I'll say it again. I'll say it till my dying day. If you're not dead, God's not done. If you're not dead, God's not done. And so those are the questions that, that I would ask. So he's asking this question, all right, back to the story, verse 32. The passage of the scripture he'd been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. So God, in his divine sovereignty, brings a Jewish deacon and he brings a Ethiopian eunuch together. And the one thing that they have in common, as I mentioned earlier, the one thing they had in common amongst them was Jesus. That's why, I'm going to tell you, this church, this church, I can't speak for all churches. Like, I don't know. I can only speak for this church. This, this church is always going to be about Jesus. And this church will never participate in a boycott and will never participate in a protest ever. You know Why? Because the people that the Christian community are typically boycotting and protesting are the people I actually want to walk in these doors every single Sunday. Those are the people that Jesus died for, yes or no? Yeah, yeah. and so those are the people I care about. So while you're out there screaming at them, I would prefer that we just grab a serving towel and serve them because I believe that's how you reach people for Jesus. And, and here's the reason why. At Central, we want people to know what we're for not what we're against. And, and we're for connecting people to Jesus and each other. Like, like, like too many times, we know what Christians are against, but we don't know what they are for. And so I am for the gospel. This church is for the gospel. I'm for seeing people's lives change. This church is for seeing people's lives change. We're for people taking their next step in God's time, not my time, 
in God's time. And I'm for a world that feels forgotten, abandoned by the church to know that there's a group of people that love them, care for them, and will do whatever it takes short of sin to reach them. That's why we're called as a church to exist. And that's what I want. And hopefully that's what you want too. Now, uh, the story continues, and it, it gets really good. Watch this, verse 36. As they rode along, they came to some water. This, this is awesome. They came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Uh, evidently, he had received Jesus. Maybe Philip's talking, all that got him there. And this is his next step. You can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, a- after you confess Jesus, that, the next step is baptism. Like that, that's your next step. You receive Jesus, the next step is baptism. This was his next step. And so look at this. He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down to the water and Philip baptized him. Let me tell you how awesome this was. At the beginning of the story, if God would have said, Philip, I I want you here because at the end of the story, you're going to baptize a Gentile who's a eunuch. Philip probably probably would have been like, all right, listen, God, first of all, he's a eunuch. Um, Second of all, I got some scriptures that say I shouldn't hang out with him. But see, God gets involved. Philip starts hanging out with a person that, again, they're nothing alike. But the one thing that gets them on common ground is who? Jesus. And at the end of the story, Philip embraces God's will for his life, which is to connect somebody that he ordinarily wouldn't have connected with in the first place, gets them together, leads him to Jesus. His life is changed, and and it's absolutely amazing. That's how Jesus continually brings us closer together. So, next steps. Next steps. Next week is Baptism Sunday here at Central. Um, Baptism is powerful. It's a reminder that Jesus Christ, literally, as we're being lowered under the water, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried. And as he came out of the water, it's a reminder that he was raised from the dead. Listen, 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 listen. Don't, 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 don't miss this. Don't twist this. Don't take this in any other way. Baptism does not save you. It doesn't. It's the next step after receiving Jesus into your life, but it does not save you. It's symbolic of the fact that the person is saying, I've died to my old life. I I have been buried. I'm coming alive. I am brand new because I'm a follower of Jesus. Next week, you're going to see people take that step, and that's awesome. But at the end of the day, everyone has a next step. And so what's your next step? What is it? What is your next step? What is it? Is it signing up to take growth track? Is it getting involved in a connection group? Let's talk about our five points of connection. Is it to start attending church regularly? I know that a lot of us have have gotten out of that habit, and we've we've kind of put that whole thing on the back burner for the past couple of years, and we just come to church when we feel like coming to church, or we wake up on time, or and, and it hasn't become a habit anymore, and we're not putting God first. And so is your next step to get into that habit of putting God first and attending church? Is it to invite boldly? How about that? Is that your next step is to go and invite somebody? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe your next step is simply to walk across the street, knock on a door, and invite your neighbor to church. How about giving? What about giving generously? Is that, is that your next step? 
Is that something that you've kind of been wrestling with? You've kind of been thinking through? You've kind of been, you know, you hear us talking about it every single week. You, you, you see us come up here and we talk about communion and we talk about offering and you don't really want to cross that line yet, but, but maybe, maybe that is what your next step is. How about, again, connecting relationally? How about, how about getting into the habit of, of seeing people's lives changed? How about serving, serving purposefully? Maybe, maybe that's your next step is to jump on a connection team or a cleaning team or the worship team or something somewhere to serve in the church, to use the gifts and talents that God has given you to actually serve people on a Sunday morning. What is it? What is your next step? Is it to forgive? Is it to go somewhere? Is it to start doing something? to stop doing something? Like, what is it? We all have a next step. And, and listen, oftentimes it's incredibly difficult. But when we get there, we can see that God was working the entire time. Let's get on board with taking our next steps. Above it all, hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, you have done great things. 